how we do. We are in the studio again. We are back at you. Yes, sir. It's just family today. Just the bros. Just the bros. Me the broskies. Me and Jet. Wow. Yeah. I feel like, I know we had an episode last week with Jonah, but I feel like it's been so long since we've like been in here. Like I still feel like it's been right. forever. Yeah. Even more so, just us. Right. And I missed you. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been since the first episode, since yeah, it was just the wow. two of us. So and We're back at it. And yeah. Not only are we back here, you know, just us, but this is the first episode of Red Receipts under a new presidential administration. This is actually the first day of that new administration. Yes, it is. And we have already had plenty of news uh, from the inauguration, uh, from post-inauguration, and and Biden's already quickly at work. and uh, so we'll, we'll get into all of that here on uh, on this episode with Jet Coatney and Kellum Harris. And this is Red, Red Receipts. So, you know, it was a pretty good day. Honestly, like I watched, I woke up early in the morning to watch Trump say his farewell address mm-hmm. um, to to the audience there at, um, uh, where was it, Joint um, Andrews? Yeah. Can't remember uh, the name I, of it. I'm sorry. Also, I forget the name. Yeah. Um, I, I'm so bad with names. But anyway, it doesn't matter. I watched the farewell address and... I think that Donald Trump handled it with really, you know, a lot of grace. He said what he had to say. He talked about the accomplishments of this administration, and he got on Air Force One and went back to Florida. Mm -hmm. And then Joe Biden and Kamala Harris had a really nice, um, had a really nice day as well. They got sworn in today. They certainly did. It was a very peaceful transition, just as Donald Trump said it was going to be. As peaceful as you can be with. Uh, to 25,000 troops uh, yeah. on, on the grounds there. At the yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, other so. than that, yeah, it was a really peaceful transition. I watched it live as it was happening, um, and it seemed like it went pretty well. And a lot of really awesome things happened during today's inauguration. And I think you wanted to talk about um, something in particular that happened today. Yeah, um, we saw... Uh, oh, what's her name? Amanda, Amanda Gorman. Yes. We saw her give an amazing... Uh, reciting of, of her poem uh, called uh, The Hill We Climbed. Uh, it, was, it was a beautiful, beautiful poem, uh, really unifying, I believe. Um, I, I, I expected to, to hear some things at the inauguration that I was kind of rubbed the wrong way about and some, some things that kind of were already in, uh, introducing the, the new agenda of this administration. Um, but but this, this quote from that poem that she read was really stood out to me, and it, it uh, gave me hope for the future of this country. Um, I'd started to lose a little bit of hope, but then I heard this and she said, somehow we've weathered and witnessed a nation that isn't broken, but simply unfinished. We, the successors of a country and time where a skinny black girl descended from slaves and raised by a single mother can dream of becoming president only to find herself reciting for one. Um, And that's huge. Uh, I think that's really good. And she talked about how, you know, even though she was raised by a single mother and, and it, like she's, she's speaking at a presidential inauguration, that's huge for, for a 22-year-old woman to, to She's to do, our age. That. Yeah. She's literally right in our age, exactly. our age group. And she's out there actually like, um, you know, reading a personal poem that she wrote. And, and maybe changing people's lives with yeah, this. Yeah, possibly. And honestly, I think what you're saying is true. It is huge. It's so huge. Yeah. And, you know, for, I do think that for women in this country, for black women specifically, mm-hmm. this is such a this is such a testament. You know, it shows that anything is possible in this country because this right. is the greatest country on exactly. the planet. It kind of speaks to our uh, our ideas, our yeah. ideals. We we believe that 
anyone can make it anywhere. Of no matter regardless your sexuality, regardless your sex, regardless your skin, skin color, color, you know, it, so religion, it does not matter. And right. I think that she was a testament to that today. Most definitely. And um, you know, alongside Kamala Harris, you know, being the first African American woman to be in Jamaican such a American, high office. But yeah. Jamaican American? Her her dad's from Jamaica. Her oh grandfather God. was the you know really big slave owner in Jamaica, but nobody talks about that. Let me just oh say. my goodness! <laughs> they're, they're just gonna say African American because she's black, but you know. Uh, well, let's just say this then: the first woman, woman of, of color, color. There we go. To be in such a high office first as woman. such, first woman. Period. That's and, that's and a huge accomplishment. And really, like, yeah, that's like it's monumental because she's the first one. But like, that shouldn't be a you know a prerequisite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something yeah. my dad says all the time. He's always like, "There shouldn't be a, you know, a first black this, a first woman this. We should just like make that a norm at this point." Right. We should to just celebrate we everyone that just gets celebrate any them. position. That's yeah, just celebrate like their that. accomplishments that got them there. Right. And I will say, I do not. I'm gonna go on a little bit of a tangent here. That I do not care for our new vice president. Um, in the terms of you know, I don't I don't care for her rhetoric that she um, has been a part of for how she got to where she got. I don't approve of it. I don't. Yeah, but absolutely not. I'm not going to sit here and slam her all day long because we could do that. And absolutely. We have done that. Plenty to slam her on. That we've got plenty. And honestly, it's like beating a dead horse at this mm -hmm. point. Um, but you know what? I think that one thing that us conservatives should be doing and liberals alike is, and what liberals should have done for the past for, four years. For President Trump exactly. and Vice President Pence and yes. his old administration. Is just yeah. pray yep. that this administration goes with what they've been given by the prior mm -hmm. and take that and run with it. Yeah. Do something that is actually progressive for this country. Right. Don't don't just you know collect a check. Right. Don't do that. Don't, right. don't make your pockets fat. Don't line your cash in your wallet. Just take what we've done, take what someone before you has done, mm -hmm. and actually do something with it that could be worthwhile in this yeah. nation. And I put on my story today uh, a, a post that just said, pray for President Biden, and I said, you know, I didn't vote for you, but I pray you lead our country with honor and dignity. Exactly. And I, and I really do want, like, blessings for this administration. I think that, that we should all want that because we, if, if the administration does well, then that means that this country does well, mm -hmm. and that means that we are living better than we did before. Exactly. But I will say this about... Uh, Miss Harris, Miss Vice President Harris. My mom. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we did it, Joe. No, we did it. Um, but she's not in that position because of her merit or any of her accomplishments. Of course not. Or or her character. No. Because if if those things were taken into account, then she would be the last person on their list. She she's there because she's a woman and because she's not white. And, and I'm not at all saying that either of those things are bad. I love women, and I love people that aren't white. Oh, yes. Just, just as a disclaimer. <laughs> I, can, I can vouch. But, I can vouch. <laughs> but it's, it's just her, her position isn't really an accomplishment. It's kind of just a really big virtue signal. Because I think you're correct, and I think that a lot of the time the left loves to use virtue signaling and um, race baiting and and, right. and gender baiting a lot of the times because to get their point across. Like, why would she have had to drop out of the uh, primaries for the president election? Like, mm -hmm. wh why did why did she why did she finish last for them? Why was she so unpopular even back home in her home state of California? Mm -hmm. Why why was that the case? It was because she has failed to serve her people. Yeah, it's because sure. she has not been. She, she has nothing to stand on in terms of her accomplishments as a DA, as a senator. Yeah. She, she's failed her people countless times. Yeah, I think you're, you're on to something there, and I think we've definitely touched on that a lot. 
um, in past episodes regarding Kamala and her, um, you know, her rhetoric, her behavior, her actions, her policy. Um, I mean, heck, Bernie Sanders even said she's the most liberal left-wing, mm-hmm. um, you know, right. senator on the floor. Right. And, I mean, that has to say something. Yeah. And I feel like we could go on and on talking about we that. We definitely could. Um, as we have said many times before, we could go on and on talking about this, but, mm-hmm. like, we really could. Like, yeah. I have so much to say. But I think for the sake of time, I would also like to move on to this next topic regarding today. Every time that there is an inauguration, every time there is a shift in administration to a new one, it is traditional for the ex-president, if you will, to leave a letter in the resolute desk for the new upcoming president to be inaugurated that day. Um, it's been it's been traditional for the past, I can't even tell you how long. I think it, it was before... Bush and Reagan. So it was before the Reagan administration. So a I think while was the, now. Yeah, it's been you know several decades. Yeah, like I know that Obama left a letter for Donald Trump. I know that Bush left a letter for Obama, and I know that um, Clinton left, Clinton one, left for one for Bush, yeah. and, and you know so on and so forth. Um, so apparently today, Donald Trump. I, I think what I saw in the news is that yes, he did. He did. They are not uh, putting out what was in the letter. Uh, They've not made that public. The Trump administration chose to keep that between 45 and 46. um, And put in the presidential book of secrets. And, you know, I think (laughs) I think that might be for the best. I think that there are some things that, you know, we don't have to know everything about the personal relations of Mm -hmm. of our uh, elected officials. And, um, you know, I I would assume uh, that it was a lot like his. Farewell speech. Farewell speech mm-hmm. that it was very well put together and and very cordial and and just and had nothing but fact. good wishes for this right. next you know and, and I do find it funny. Um, I was watching his farewell speech um, as he was about to board Air Force One for the last time, and he said something along the lines of "If they screw it up, I told you so." Yeah. And that was funny, but that was about the most Trumpy thing that there was about it. That right. was the most lowest of the low, like insulting exactly. wise. But everything else in his farewell speech was so cordial. It was yeah. so, um, you know, hopeful yes. for a brighter tomorrow with exactly. this administration. I, I mean, he didn't mention Biden's name once. Mm. He didn't mention Kamala once. He didn't mention Sleepy Joe. He never said Mm-mm. Crooked Nancy or whatever mm-hmm. they say. I don't know. He, he just talked about all the good that he and his administration had done, and rightfully so because yeah. he did a lot of good, and, and we are extremely thankful for that. Thank you, 45. Yeah. Thank you, Donald Trump, for what you did for this country the past four years. And yeah. though a lot of people do not see what you did, there are people that are waking up and that do see what you mm-hmm. did. I know you probably wouldn't be listening to this, but <laughs> – if how some if by some miracle you are ever listening to Red Receipts with Jet Coatney and Colin Harris, just know we're grateful. We appreciate what you did. Absolutely. And um, you know, I love what you said at the end of your speech, Donald. You said we'll be back in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. We'll see you later. He like, he said he'll stay stay in the public eye, and I and I bet that that'll just be through you know the 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 goodwill that he does have. Yeah. I I, I truly believe that you know he knows that his time here on this earth is is pretty limited because mm-hmm. just of his his age and yeah. so he's going to be ben- pretty benevolent I think with his uh, donations with uh, different uh, projects that he takes on um, I, I know that that his fight for life uh, was not one that I think will stop just because his uh, time in office is yeah stopped. yeah I think so um, and I also wanted to point out that uh, Vice President Pence left a note for his successor uh, uh, Vice President Harris and uh, Kaylee McEnany uh, did I say her name right? Yes, that's okay, her name. Okay. I, Kaylee McEnany. It sounded weird coming out of my mouth. Um, uh, she she left uh, notes for each of the new uh, 
media team members for the Biden administration. Really? So I think I think that it, that just shows that you know all of the oh they're still trying to steal the election. They're going down like bitter. They're still losers. Like I mean, no, they handled that with grace. I think. Right. I th- I think especially Vice President Pence. He attended the inauguration today. Yeah, he was there. And um, and he, he, with his wife, and and I thought that that was really big of him. Um, especially with Trump not being there, but. Um, you know, I think I think that this is uh, has been one of the more peaceful transitions, even with the twenty five thousand soldiers that were there, mm-hmm. um, and the the wall that they built. It's the only time that liberals like walls and guns. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> I, I I saw that re- I saw that tweeted today. Um, I, I retweeted it, and mm-hmm. a student here at ACU said maybe because the Trump supporters um, tried to take over the Capitol a month ago. In case you missed it, and I was like, that's not my point. I mean, if we want to talk about that, I've already addressed that. Right. I've already condemned that violence before. I've right. disavowed everything about that. And the but more and more that comes out about that, the more and more we're seeing that it was really left-wing uh, yeah, instigators like that don't perpetuated yeah, exactly. and, and, and uh, seeped their way into the, the Trump rally. Yeah, and so, like, I didn't respond to this tweet by this person, yeah. and I felt like it wasn't necessary because I've already addressed that. We've talked about it already. Yeah. We've definitely made our stance very known that we are not okay with what happened on January 6th. Right. And I don't think I ever will be, simply because I know that I wasn't okay with what happened all summer long last Mm -hmm. summer. Right. Um, So, no. Like, I mean, guns and walls, that's a completely separate issue. Absolutely. Not at all related to January 6th at all. Was not even talking about that. This is only because um, of the double standard that the left is having in this specific situation. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I think that that's, that's a good place for us to stop right there. Um, I know that you wanted in show prep. You said I think something really good to do would be talking about some of these policies that Biden has, Absolutely. you know, talked about putting into place within these, you know, his first 100 days of office, or you know, and, within and just the next to kind of summarize uh, all the stuff that that we're gonna that he's gonna be doing. Um, I have a couple things here. Um, this this is specifically related to the environment, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but th- I, I found this list, and, and so he's gonna be rolling back Trump era EPA directives and regulation cuts which we, we didn't really have that for long enough to see the effect that that's going to have on the environment. I'm really uh, tentative with, with how that is going to go, with the direction that it's going. Uh, rejoining the Paris Agreement, which was a crappy agreement mm-hmm. that we were getting the short end of yeah. at, at every single year that we were a part of that. Um, th- these are two things that, that I, I do think that Biden, before we get into all the bad things that this administration is going to do, I think these are a couple of things that are going to be good. Um, uh, is achieving economy-wide net zero emissions by 2050 and net zero emissions in the power sector by 2030 I, or 2035. I think both of those things are a semi-achievable maybe with a couple of outliers and then um, and, and just uh, going forward gonna gonna be helpful especially if they don't em- end up impli- uh, implementing the Green New Deal mm-hmm. which will be detrimental and somewhat environmentally environmentally friendly friendly I mean they're gonna have to really account for you know the uh, construction and and then the um, trashing of like solar panels windmills all, mm-hmm. all that good stuff yeah. but um, so those, those are a couple of good things a- and then also uh, investing in early stage research and development for emerging climate technology so like new new climate technology that that can be used to uh, mitigate the effect of that fossil fuels have had since the industrial revolution so yeah those are some good things but yeah like i said i think there's a lot of things that are really questionable and really concerning uh, especially to us conservatives so let's go ahead and get into that i think the biggest one probably to us the one that makes the us you know our, our toes curl the most is all of the 
uh, pro-abortion legislation that, that the uh, Biden administration has talked about. Yeah, and I like that you use the words pro-abortion um, in this. Um, I know the administration has come out and said that they will be a pro-choice administration. Yes. Um, but I, I see more and more on the left that pro-choice does not mean the, you know, the right to choose. It just means pro-abortion, mm-hmm. as you said. Exactly. Um, I think that this is, I, first of all, I want to say congratulations to Missouri. Um, for becoming the very first state to completely legal, um, um, sorry, what's the word here? <laughs> Get rid of ab- abortion in the state. So go Missouri. That's great for you. 49 left. We got this. Um, <clears throat> so great job. Um, but going back to this administration saying that they are pro-choice, um, which basically just means pro-abortion. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, I'm in a tough place right now with that. And the reason why is because I know that um, conservatives and people who are pro-life, I know that pro-choice does not mean we have to, um, our women have to get abortions. I know it doesn't mean yeah. we have to, you know, mm-hmm. but I cannot sit here and, you know, not say that abortion is not murder, if that makes sense. Right. We've talked about it before. It's just a hard topic for me to talk about. Every time we talk about this, mm-hmm. I just, I freeze up because it's just so, it's it's rough to talk about. Yeah, um, most definitely. Um, I... I completely agree with you. It's it's definitely the most touchy political subject I think that we have to deal with, um, and but I'm I'm just really concerned with with all of the work that Trump did for the pro life cause. Um, I think it's going to be undone completely by this Biden administration. Um, so, th- like I said, they're preparing like a widespread disbanding of pro life policies uh, that were enacted under the Trump administration, including new legislation that would expand abortion rights under federal law. Um, so basically, basically undermining state state law, and like right. I was talking to you about last night, like there's a reason that that state law, uh, often cases, especially in, in criminal cases, especially uh, supersedes federal law. Um, you know, I mean, you can commit a crime against the the federal government, and and like that that can be taken to the federal courts, but most cases are going to be heard by the the state supreme courts or mm-hmm. the uh, state uh, appellate courts. Um, and, and and like they're they're basically getting rid of the state's right to, to govern. Yeah. And um, like Missouri's right to to say that abortion is banned in Missouri could be taken could away. be taken away. And and I hate that. Um, so this this rollback on abortion rights would include revoking the Mexico City policy, which restricts U.S. taxpayer dollars from sponsoring abortions in other nations as well. And I think that's really concerning because. Worldwide, we saw 42.7 million abortions last year, and if this policy is revoked and we're and like our taxpayer money, you and I that pay taxes are going to be paying for abortions in other countries. It's just like the stimulus package again. Them slipping in, you know, gender studies in Pakistan. Like, why should why 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 right. do we need to be paying for that? Why is the U.S. paying for that? It doesn't same, make any sense. Same same concept here. Like, I don't want to be paying for no. someone murdering their child no. in another country. Right. Don't want that. And in, in addition to, to that, to revoking the Mexico City policy, um, it would restore Title Ten money to clinics such as Planned Parenthood that provide abortions or refer people to ab- abortion providers. So all of the people that are saying, "Well, Planned Parenthood's fine because like you can't like the government can't uh, directly fund abortion," well, it's mm-hmm. about to start doing it again yeah. because this policy is going to be re- uh, reversed. Yeah, and I was just talking with someone today. Someone saw a post of mine on Facebook. And, you know, nowadays I'm very active in social media um, when it comes to my political stance. And I took a very conservative stance 
a shocker. Wow. Um, I know, crazy. And someone slipped in my DM saying, so I'm confused. What, like, what is this? Why are you a conservative? I, mm-hmm. I would have never pegged you as conservative. And we started talking, and abortion came up, Planned Parenthood came up. And they were like, well, Planned Parenthood, like, they're not forcing abortions. They're not pushing that down people's throats. They do offer other, you know, women's health. And I was like, yes, you are correct. They do offer women's health they, health screenings. They have cancer screenings, STI screenings, contraceptives. Everything that you could think of that has to do with sexual or women's health, they do offer that. However, many people who have worked for Planned Parenthood, and I told this person this, I said many people have come out against Planned Parenthood Mm -hmm. saying, I worked there as a counselor. I was there as a director. Abby Johnson, Mm -hmm. who is the, you know, number one director in Planned Parenthood um, for a really long time. Um, Even she came out and said, we are not selling women's health. We are literally selling abortions. Yeah. And many people have said that we are pushing it down people's throats that they yep. have that that's the option. Right. And and you know, like I, I don't understand how people who say they're pro choice, you know, get uh, they, they think mm-hmm. that they have the right to push this this choice of abortion. Yeah. They're pushing it. They're not giving you a choice. They're 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 giving you an ultimatum. They're mm-hmm. saying you have to or or you might die because this baby could rip you open. You have to or you might have to see the face of this baby and you might not like it because the person who gave you the baby, you don't like. They don't give you a real choice. They no. give you abortion yeah. and that's what they're selling. Exactly. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's scary because they're, they're gonna strengthen Roe v. Wade, which I know a lot of conservatives want overturned, and they're gonna discuss repealing the Hyde Amendment and I'll get into both of those. So Biden has promised to codify abortion into federal law. So slip it in there, like you said. Uh, in an effort to prevent any s- potential Supreme Court overturn of the Roe v. Wade of Roe v. Wade and combat the increasing number of state policies that seek to protect life of the unborn, like the Missouri decision to ban abortion statewide. Um, both Biden and the congressional Democrats currently have discussed repealing the Hyde Amendment in 2021, which al- would allow taxpayer dollars to be directly used for aborting children uh, with pu- with uh, other other things other than Planned Parenthood. So the first part, the, the what I talked about earlier, which was the um, Mexico City policy, that would start to give Planned Parenthood federal money again. Mm-hmm. But this, repealing the Hyde Amendment, which that, that would give other uh, abortion agencies uh, federal money. So, so boosting literally every single avenue for abortion in this country is, mm-hmm. is what they're wanting to do. And it's... It's crazy because you have people like uh, Planned Parenthood CEO Alex McGill Johnson, Alexis McGill Johnson. Sorry, uh, she she called Biden's plans tremendously exciting. She said we have a, a ton of work to do to undo all the harm over the last four years. But we have champions here uh, who understand that uh, what needs to happen in the first hundred days, and that's tremendously exciting. If they don't like children this much, they want to kill them so much. Why don't we just start the Hunger Games in America? Like, come on. I mean, I feel like it's more about just pushing for this agenda of, you know, abortion. And, you know, like, you might as well just start killing themselves Planned Parenthood if they're not not planning planning for parenthood. parenthood. It's planning for genocide. Yeah, it's literally literally a genocide. And and we've definitely touched on that before. I know that we've gone in depth and talked about, like, this is actually a genocide. Yeah. Because, like, if you look at the numbers alone, like you said at the beginning of our episode with um, Bonnie um, way back when, you said that there were more black babies aborted mm-hmm. in New York City in 2019 yep. than black babies born yep. in New York City in 2019. That is facts. That's a scary statistic. We shouldn't want that to keep no, happening. No, no. And and something else that I was telling this person who DM'd me regarding this matter today 
I said, okay, but you see how this has gotten, th- how this was started with a racist initiative. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I talk about that a lot. I've said it millions of times on the yeah. show, but I, I have to because yeah. no one's listening. No. no one cares. And I told him, I was like, Margaret Sanger literally was a racist who mm-hmm. wanted to eradicate the black race in America. So she started eugenics, which led to Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. And now, yeah, you could say, oh, well, that was all in the past. She's dead. Her dream is dead. No, it's not. No, her dream is on. And it's it's smarter now. Yeah. They've gotten smarter. Because they have better technology for and it. And because they have marketing techniques that make it sound like being pro-choice is pro-woman. And, yeah. and and being pro-woman, therefore, is like pro-life. Well, no. Being pro-life means that you want to protect that other life. Yeah. It's not, I think it's, it's not more, I think it's more, um, you know, womanly to actually want to protect and nurture a baby. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything that makes you a strong woman about aborting a child out no. of your uterus. No. I know I'm a man. I know I'm a white man. I know. I'm the most hated person in the world. I get it. Mm-hmm. But... I mean, that doesn't mean you can't have an but opinion. But that does not it, mean I'm not allowed to have an opinion on this. I think that what makes a woman is a woman who cares for her, cares for her fellow man, cares for that baby that is growing inside of you. And if you want to rip that baby out before it has the chance to live, and you give it the right to breath in its lungs, then you are not a woman. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sorry though. Um, but then I told him also before we move on. I, I think that this is very important as well. Um, he was like, "How is that? Like, okay, but that was in the past. Margaret Singer's dead." And I was like, but her vision has lived on so much, and they've gotten really smart about it. Where is every Planned Parenthood, where are most Planned Parenthood clinics set up in this country? In the major metropolitan areas where there are poor neighborhoods, which, let's be honest, are typically typically, um, inhabited by minorities, black people, Latinos. This is, if it's just a 10-minute walk. And it's marketed to them like, oh, this is is basically um, birth control. Yeah. And that's what they're using it as. Um, that's how they're getting so many people on their side. And and it's it's those um, and urban widespread areas. birth control. That's called genocide. Yeah, that's genocide. Oh my goodness, but I feel ugh, I just. And, hmm. and again, we could we could go into an entire episode again on abortion. I know we have a lot of thoughts on that, and we have a lot of uh, laments uh, about the things that are going on in this country uh, behind the doors of Planned Parenthood. I I. I hope to see a day where, where those buildings are all uh, repurposed <laughs> and, yeah. and that that business goes out of business um, because it's it's truly disheartening what, yeah. what happens there coming from a, a Christian perspective um, which I think is interesting because Joe Biden claims to be a devout Catholic and mm-hmm. and he I mean he doesn't line up with any of their doctrine you know it's mm-hmm. it's n- none of it matches I, I, I don't know it's, it's a disgrace to, to the Christian faith even though I'm not Catholic to, to see someone who claims to be such a devout Catholic who brings out a book that's been in his family, a Bible, a five-inch Bible to be sworn in on that's been in his family Giant. for 127 <laughs> years, um, to, to see him claim this faith and then not live it. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'd have to agree with that. I understand the inconsistency of the left is mind-boggling, and mm-hmm. it's, always, it's always new. It's always fresh. There's always something that's not right. quite matching up. There's always a piece in the puzzle that's not quite fitting. And I think that that's that's this one. And speaking of um, speaking of the left's inconsistencies, I'm going to read you these things here, and I'm going to tell you: Do you think that this is a uh, these these objectives are um, these these goals are right leaning goals by a right leaning company that uh, has has a bunch of uh, right leaning investors and donors, or do you think it's a, a left leaning company? So here is their vision. 
and, and we'll get into this and why it relates to Biden's uh, presidency and, and why he wants to uh, change what's going on here. But um, so so this this company has a goal. Uh, there, it says their new vision is net zero emissions by 2023, 100% renewable power by 2030, 1.7 billion dollars worth of renewable energy investment, um, uh, 10 million dollars towards green new green energy training. Uh, and then we have uh, thousands of new green jobs uh, working together towards a greener tomorrow, uh, long-term partnerships with indigenous communities, hundreds of millions of dollars if in employment and economic opportunities for the indi indi yeah, indigenous, indigenous peoples, <laughs> uh, equity ownership opportunities. Uh, equity, that's a, that's a word that we don't really like around here. <laughs> we like the quality of opportunity. But... Um, uh, safe transportation, energy security, 27% decrease in oil sands, GHGs by 2030, uh, and then, yeah, just being uh, reliable with uh, environmentally responsible energy policy. Do you think that that sounds very conservative or very, very liberal? Well, in my po in my ex-Democrat mind, mm -hmm. I'm going to think like my old self for a second. Right. And I'm going to sit here as, you know, pre-fall semester Kel, mm -hmm. or think about like that. And I'm gonna think, well, the well, the environment. I don't mm -hmm. know why I'm talking like that. <laughs> well, the environment, it has to be the left because they care and about indigenous the, people. Indigenous people, it has to be the left because they care about everything that you know, and they, they like people, they like this planet, so mm -hmm. it has to be them. Nope. I don't know why I talked like that, but I liked that. I think <laughs> so that from now on, I'm gonna speak like that when I'm talking. When you're like talking that. like a liberal. Yeah, when like I'm talking like at least yeah, leftist, yeah. like and talking like my old self. Right. I'm gonna talk like that. Okay. Um, that's what I would say as a Democrat. But yeah, now well, that I know, I'm going to say that you are trying to trick people here. Yeah. And I think that this is possibly this, the Keystone XL this pipeline. This is the Keystone XL pipeline that we're talking about. And <laughs> this is this is what Trump gave a $9 billion federal grant to, to, to help with the construction of and the completion of the Keystone pipeline, which would help us uh, trade uh, more often and, and, and more efficiently with Canada. And, and it would also allow us to increase our... Uh, Oil and, and gasoline exports exponentially. It, it would it would have shot up. It would do well um, for our economy. Uh, for this really well. Fifty fifty billion dollars in the first fiscal year of completion mm. is what we were projected. Yeah. Biden's wanting to cut it. Biden's wa Biden is wanting to completely revoke that nine billion dollar federal grant so that this pipeline cannot be completed, mm. and that would cost sixty thousand uh, oil industry jobs immediately, directly. And that's uh, just oil fields. I yeah. Mean, because exactly. we we haven't even mentioned yet the amount of contractors, the amount of um, construction workers, the amount engineers. of engineers. I would even go as far to say the amount of attorneys involved in this. Mm -hmm. Like this is excavators, excavators. I mean, you everything name it. you can think of that is outside of the oil industry. That would um, have to do with the construction of this major pipeline yeah. that goes across multiple states. That they would also lose thousands. The projection is up to 240,000 jobs that would be lost. Mm. And uh, just, just in the oil industry alone, it's $3.4 billion in wages lost. So that's, I mean, that's that's money that could be stimulating our economy right now. Yeah, for sure. But but Biden's wanting to cut back that federal grant. Wow. Yep, that's a no for me. I no. Don't, no. And uh, to have like someone like you know, like I know my dad. Um, I know my dad. <laughs> mm -hmm. But my dad is, you know, he's been working in the oil industry, and mm -hmm. as a contractor, you know, making locations for oil rigs and whatnot, like you know, stuff like that. I I, I see people like my dad and they work so hard they bust their butt every day mm -hmm. of their lives and this is the t and and there are millions of Americans just like my father 
who are out there. And to see a president come in and make one of his initiatives to cut that many jobs and and choose to not stimulate our economy in such a way based on those jobs, mm-hmm. it's really saddening to real America. Yeah. It's sad because middle, the middle class, working class America is is heartbroken right now yeah. because he was in Pennsylvania when he thought he was gonna lose Pennsylvania and, and I think he should have still. Um uh, he he was there in the last days of his campaign promising everybody, well, I'm, I'm not going to ban fracking, and, and we're going to protect the oil industry. We're going to protect your jobs. Fast forward. This, <laughs> it's not it's not touching fracking yet. I still think he's going to ban fracking, which is ridiculous, but it's it's starting to chip away at the oil industry. Yeah, and no. and, uh, and we do need to slowly, incrementally get away from oil and, and, and other uh, fossil fuels, but and go towards greener options, but that's what the Keystone XL pipeline was going to help with, and that's what mm-hmm. this grant money was going to go towards. So the ten million dollars that were going towards um, uh, green energy training, like that—that that was part of this, and yeah. now that money's gone. Yeah, and you know, it already sounds to me like the Keystone XL pipelines initiatives and you know objectives here, rather, they already sound way more promising than the Green New Deal. Period. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like I, I don't think that if you if you held up you know both of them next to each other and you held up these objectives compared to the Green New Deal, I think many people, blindly, if they did it blindly, mm-hmm. I feel like they would choose this unknowingly and they would realize that, oh, shoot. Because this is more reasonable. It this is, is more, more attainable. It is. It's something that you can look at and say, wow, that's not a radical change that's going to completely decimate my urban area yeah. and have to have buildings reconstructed to meet codes that are, that have to, that are, that are written in the Green New Deal. Um, like that's gonna that's gonna cost the taxpayers more money is ripping down buildings and rebuilding them yeah. and and getting rid of all uh, fossil fuel powered cars like that's unreasonable as well like we have to slowly and incrementally do that we can't just do that in the next ten years yeah and I think I was watching so I know that PragerU is not everyone's favorite I know that um, sure. I personally love PragerU I think that same here they're not alt-right like people say they're very much moderate with just reasoning they do tend to lean right if you didn't know this also i think this is a really good point for what you're saying right now is that dennis prager didn't used to be a a, a, or a self-claimed republican he, d- he didn't he, he used to be a, a liberal like like but the values didn't mm. change it was the party that changed yeah and so, like, he's lived long enough to see all these changes go into place. Oh, yeah, he's old as dirt. He's he stood for the same <laughs> things that he's stood for, like like free speech and, and life and, mm-hmm. and capitalism. Mm-hmm. But those are things that the liberals used to stand for. Yeah. The, the middle ground has shifted so much that it surpassed where he was at mm-hmm. and put him lining up with the right. That's right. That is exactly right, actually. And I talk about the spectrum shifting to the left all the time because mm-hmm. what people don't realize is it's not, like you said, um, it's literally everything's just started moving over. Like yeah. there started the progressivist movement mm-hmm. um, that kind of came about not too long ago, started shifting it exponentially yeah. to the left. But um, I, I was watching, like I said, I was watching PragerU, a video, um, and it was Dr. Bjorn Lomberg, and he is actually the Copenhagen Consensus, he's the director of the Copenhagen Consensus Center. Um, he's written many books about, you know, specifically the environment and like what we need to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he responded to, uh, you know, our favorite woman ever, AOC. Mm. And she was saying My that bestie. she... I know, your bestie. And um, he was saying... Some, she said something along the lines of like, we want to make things greener and you, the other side, talking about conservatives, mm-hmm. is worried about the cost and how much money they could gain or lose from this. Yes. This is real. This is world... This is like... This is like our World War II. 
And I was like, what? Hold on. Hang on a second. First uh, of all. I'm pretty sure I took a couple history classes. Yeah. And I think we've had two of those I already. think so. Maybe that was World War 1.5. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Now we're going to two. Right. Well, anyway. So um, I was watching this video, and Bjorn said, um, Dr. Lomberg, he had something to say. He said, yes, climate change is real. But what AOC, Bernie Sanders, and many of the self-proclaimed progressives are doing here is they're not trying to inform you. No. They're they're alarming you. They're yeah. they're a part of a movement of alarmism. They're they're trying to panic you because what is something that the left does best is fear monger. Mm -hmm. And if they're not fear mongering, they're trying to alarm you. They're trying to do and that. And AOC saying, you know, the world's going to end in 12 years if we don't do something now. That is fear mongering. That is total. Fear that is talking about literally it's the apocalypse. It's inciting panic. Yeah. It's inciting panic in the people. But she's not going to get like impeached for for inciting no, anything. No, of course no. not. And neither is anyone else on that side apparently <laughs> for literally they're saying. They're untouchable. Yeah, they're untouchable. But um, all this to say is that Dr. Bjorn Lundberg said that there are ways to help our, you know, um, what's the word, alleviate and and make smaller our carbon footprint, you know, and you know how how we can do that. And he was like, but the Green New Deal, it's it's just too it's too much on the American people, and it's actually not going to do any of them any good. All it's going to do is harm. And you know, there was all these numbers, all these statistics that I could get into, but I don't want to waste more time because we've been on this topic for a while now. Mm -hmm. But I urge you to go look at this um, article, look at this video with Bjorn. Um, he lays it out really clearly, and honestly, the man is smarter than I, so I don't yeah. think that I could do it. As justice. soon as this episode airs, we'll go ahead and post that video on our story. Mm, yeah. I think I'm going to sneeze. Hang on. Don't sneeze. Oh, man. Okay. He didn't sneeze. It passed. But yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and post that so y'all can watch that. Uh, it's a really informational video. Yeah. I, I've watched it as well. It's it's great. Um, I, I encourage everyone who's listening in right now to go follow PragerU, even if you're on the other side. I think you could learn a thing or two. I think so. Um, so I think moving on from that, this environmental standpoint mm -hmm. and, you know, with the Keystone XL pipeline, I think it's time, you know, we've, we've talked about, you know, money and, you know, the fluctuation of how many jobs, which means how many dollars will be lost and mm -hmm. how much, um, you know, how much, how many wages are going to be lost because of the deconstruction of this pipeline. Um, and now I think we should get back on the topic of money here and, you know, let's talk about one of my favorite things. The, um, the market, the financial you, you market. You do like your day trading, don't I you? I do. Every now and then, <laughs> I, I know that people, oh my goodness, I'm going to get railed for this one. Railed, <laughs> that's not a good word. I'm going to get it. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> it's fun. We'll keep it Continue. in. It's funny. It's funny. <laughs> um, I'm going to get dragged for this uh -huh. one. But I've, I've dabbled in day trading. I've, I've traded stock before. And I'm very, it's, it's something that does interest me. And mm -hmm. something that I've noticed with um, stock and, you know, the crypto market and the Forex market specifically is that whenever, and any market, any indice relating to the United States, when you see a Democrat in office or when you see um, Democrat majority in the Senate, the Congress, in, you know, in the executive branch, then typically the stock market does this thing where it, it starts to go down. Mm -hmm. the, the indices of the U.S. start to go down. The um, cryptocurrency and eh, kind of goes down, mm -hmm. but I'm mostly focusing on the stocks of the United States and any indice that does with the United States. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, the Dow, which is, you know, it's everyone's always talking about. Well, the Dow this, the Dow that. It's because it's important. Yeah, it's very important. Um, if you look at the Dow over the past year, the Dow Jones Industrial Average. First of all, the Dow hit an all-time high um, recently under President Trump's presidency, which was amazing, mm -hmm. especially right after a global pandemic. 
Um, but if you look here, um, January 21st, a year ago, we were sitting at 29,196.04 on the Dow. And then around March, or February, into February, into March, we took a major nosedive. Mm -hmm. And we went all the way down to 18,591.93. Thanks, COVID. Thank you so much, Ms. Rona. Yeah, evil. Okay, I can't say that <laughs> word on. Can't say it's some bad words on here. No, we can't. But so what happened after that, as the, years, as the year kept going, and, you know, up until now, we have slowly been st and steadily been climbing back up and we've reached an all-time high on the Dow. That is great because it stimulates our economy. It's doing great things, and I thank President Trump for everything that he's done to help stimulate that. Yeah. However, what I was telling Jet, and the whole point of my rambling here, is that usually when you see, um, when you see an area on the chart of a stock or of a of an indice, mm -hmm. when you see um, something crash like that, mm -hmm. you have to go back and back test where did it stop before it crashed. Right. right, tracking with me, listeners. Tracking with me, Jet. Yeah. Um, and I've shown you, whenever it hits about thirty thousand up here, it's it was about thirty thousand almost mm -hmm. right before it crashed. Yeah. And then it crashed, and then it came back up, and it rode that thirty thousand line a little bit up into the thirty-one thousand. Yeah. And that's awesome. But what happens is it's starting to reach that ceiling. That pinnacle. That pinnacle. And what happens typically under a Democrat presidency or where any of the branches are controlled Democrat majority, mm -hmm. what happens is we tend to fall. Yeah. We tend to crash in the stock market and it's great for people that are selling. It's oh, great yeah. for sellers. Sellers, you're gonna- Sell high, baby. Yeah, sell high. You might wanna start you know, selling some pretty soon. And, and we've seen a lot of selling going on, especially with Twitter and Facebook. Uh, combined have sold $51.2 billion uh, have, have been sold from their market caps over the last two trading sessions. Uh, and that's ma mainly to do with uh, the banning of, of Donald Trump and then the censorship of mm -hmm. uh, conservative voices. Yeah, also great for sellers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should, if y'all did not sell on any of these, I know I have a lot of friends that trade. If you did not sell at the peaks of all these moments in history, then I think you're doing what you're doing wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because, and honestly, you can really tell what's going to happen depending on politics. Like whenever I was learning how to day trade, when I was learning how to trade stocks and indices, like you, you have to rely on on politics. You rely on what's going on in the world, and this is something that goes on that definitely can make a huge change yeah. in the market. Like the Dow right now is fluctuating back up to the top, but it looks like it's about to reach that ceiling again, mm -hmm. where it might crash through. And the SPX 500 is starting to do the same thing, I think. And as you said, Facebook and Twitter stocks are selling rapidly mm -hmm. since Donald Trump's Twitter stocks have media tumbled day. as much as 12 percent uh, so far. Uh, since since the banning, the permanent deletion of Donald Trump's Twitter account. Yeah, so. and I know that that's not like a huge number, but like you just wait. Yeah, just wait. Oh, it's yeah. gonna be worse. Um, it, it's gonna be. It's definitely gonna be worse. And I think that this is just going to show the tip what of the iceberg. Yeah, it's just gonna show what a um, Biden presidency might look like mm -hmm. versus what Trump's presidency lo presidency looked like yeah. in terms of our economy, in terms of our financial market. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that this is a very big thing to keep in mind, especially if you are a trader, if you're trading stocks, if you're investing, this is something you might want to look into. Mm -hmm. So um, that's a really small point that I wanted to touch on just because it's something that I'm interested in. Yeah. Um, I'm also interested to know about this immigration free pass for this caravan oh, from Honduras. Yeah. So why don't you inform and enlighten me on that, please? So here's the deal with that. We've, I'm, sure, I'm sure that if you've kept up in the past week, you've, you've seen news of a caravan of, of hundreds of thousands of people coming from Honduras, mm -hmm. is what it was what it seems like. 
the the numbers aren't uh, exact on that, and, and people have been stopping, turning around, going back. Like it, it hasn't been a consistent thing. Uh, but I mean, there's still thousands and thousands and thousands of people on their way to the U.S. border. What President Joe Biden? Oh, oh that that's kind of that's the first time I've heard that said. That's not by the news. That sits weird. I don't know if I like President that. Joe Biden. I don't. I don't really like that. Um, anyway. Uh, he has Daddy said Trump. he has said that uh, anyone that makes it here and and across the border before the uh, um, before the end of the month um, are guaranteed a, a green card and amnesty. So the opportunity to become legal citizens, not not citizenship. Not citizenship. But he said that he and he's going to be working on this uh, with with his uh, new administration and with his now. Um, both Democrat-dominated Senate and uh, Congress, they're going to be working on making everyone, every illegal citizen who was here before January 1st a legal citizen of this country. That is that is millions of people. Millions yeah. of people. Yeah, and I was watching uh, I was watching Fox and Friends this morning, and um, sorry if you don't like Fox, sorry. But um, I was watching Fox and Friends this morning, and they were talking about how this, you know, this caravan is coming in, mm -hmm. and that there are hundreds of thousands of Honduran people coming up to the United States to try to get citizenship, yeah. or at least amnesty or a green card, whatever. Yeah. And they did say, and I really, I, I do admire this about President Biden right mm -hmm. now, is that you know these people will not be cutting in line of people that have been waiting for a long time. They, the people that are, you know, on the list for citizen or like on our list of people trying to gain citizenship, mm -hmm. um, not green card, not amnesty, but actually become citizens. Mm -hmm. There, this this caravan will not be interrupting yeah. their queue in the their their place in the queue. If that right. makes sense, right. and I think that's great. And um, so I was watching that, and I was like, well, at least we don't have to worry about people cutting in line mm -hmm. and stealing people's places. Yeah, and that's that's huge because, uh, like we've talked about before, yeah, the populate the um, the number of people. That are waiting to get in the United States to gain citizenship is more than double our, our U.S. Population. population. Exactly, and they've waited for a very long time. Oh yeah, and uh, you know, I mean, it's worth the wait. Like, I'm really excited it to is. have. I, I'm just saying, if, if I want this opportunity want, for yeah. everybody to be able to live like this with these yes, freedoms exactly. and with the opportunities to succeed. Oh, our mics. Our mics slipped. Bit. Oops. Um, no, I, but yes, I think that I think that you know, uh, I'm all for legal immigration. I oh, yeah. want as many people to live here as possible Absolutely. legally. I want them to come As many here. as we can handle. As many as we can thing. handle, yes. Um, but I, I, you know, I know that there are a lot of people that want to be here and that want to live here and have these same basic freedoms and liberties that we have. And right. the opportunities and the benevolence of living in this mm -hmm. country, I, I want that for literally so many people. And mm -hmm. I know that there is a long list. Right. But all I ask is that you do it legally right. and that you, you know, you come here with the intent of, you know, Contributing, to, contributing society. to society and not leeching off of our systems exactly. because we like we do have one of the biggest welfare systems in the world developed countries generally just have really developed welfare systems and as much as I don't like the welfare system as much as I think it's a crutch for um, a lot of not all of the impoverished people because I know there are a lot of just unfortunate situations mm -hmm. but some people they're like well you know I could I, I'm, I'm living in poverty but I'm getting good money from the government and I don't need a job because I, if I got a job, I'd probably be making minimum wage, which is less than I am getting from the government right mm -hmm. now. So that just kind of creates this incentive of, of being lazy. Yeah. And and I think that if you live in this country, you shouldn't want to be lazy ever. You should always be wanting to better yourself so that you can better the people and the society around you. Oh, and, for sure. And that, like, in turn, will just make this country even greater than it already is. Yes, yes. I think you're absolutely correct. Um, moving on from there, um, 
I know that there's still more to unpack there, but I think we've pretty much said everything we can say about that. Mm-hmm. Moving on from there, another Biden policy, and by the way, just going down the line, these have all been Biden's policies that we've been talking about, just to clarify right. again. In case you missed that. In case you missed it, I know that we've just jumped from topic to topic, but these are still all Biden policies that we are addressing here, um, or at least effects of Biden's policies. Yes. Or his presidency in general. So, moving on. Um, it's also planned that Trump's tax cuts that he has made um, mm-hmm. are going to be rolled back as well. Tax cuts will be rolled back. Um, we're gonna we're gonna get the pants taxed off us, Kellum. As as young adults uh, entering the workforce, uh, I am not excited for that. Nope. <laughs> um, and I said it. Um, I think I said this on my Snapchat story the other day, but I said, look, there, there's two ways that I'm looking at the way that I'm gonna be affected directly by by all of this is. I am going to see a lot more of my paycheck leaving my bank, and I'm not going to like that at all. Um, but you know, if for for some reason he actually does get up get the uh, fifty thousand um, dollar college uh, debt forgiveness uh, for for everyone that's still in college whenever it's passed, you know, um, I, I'd be pretty happy about that. That's yeah. that's one thing that I would be decently happy with. Yeah. However, these tax cuts are going to absolutely destroy middle America yeah and, Real and, America. and that and that's yeah. most of America yeah. you know um, the, the I mean we, we have an extremely low poverty rate for a developed country we, we do have a, a lot of wealthy people but in terms of percentage of people they make up a very small percentage mm-hmm. uh, the, the the millionaires the billionaires those that make us up a very small amount so the people that make you know anywhere from from lower middle class which is probably like you know 50 to 70k a year to, to, you know, in the high hundred thousands a year, that's middle America. Those are the people that are going to be affected the most by these tax breaks or the rollback of the tax breaks. Yeah. And it's going to really hurt. It's it's going to be tough to deal with. There are going to be people that are really trying to find ways to make ends meet a lot more. People are going to have to take on some more jobs probably, which yeah. which could be good. Um, but, but I think the ultimate effect of this is uh, people are going to be really disheartened to, to – see that we're being taxed like one of these um, Nordic countries, you yeah. know? And I know that a lot of people are really excited about the $50,000 student debt forgiveness being cleared by July mm-hmm. um, at the at the latest or the soonest. I think that's what the goal is, yeah. yeah. Um, but I know that that's a goal in this administration right now to, you know, student debt forgiveness um, is huge. Um, wha- how would you respond to students who right now are excited about this? Is there a is there a reason to be excited? Is there a reason to be nervous about possibly being taxed later on because of this? Like yeah, I mean that's really the thing is like yeah, cool. You get you get fifty thousand dollars taken off of your debt, but that's every single college student that that like qualifies for it, which is a lot because it's every student that uh, whose parents make less than one hundred twenty five thousand a year. That's a lot of people. So. Um, like we're gonna have to pay for it as soon as we enter the workforce. We're gonna have to start paying higher taxes so that that because that 50, can be covered. Fifty thousand dollars doesn't d- just grow on a tree for everybody. I wish it's right exactly, I, and we can't just print more money because of inflation. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's something that like money has to come from somewhere, and yeah. it's gonna come from our pockets. Exactly, yeah. it's not gonna come from the Federal Reserve. They're 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 backing that, and I think the Federal Reserve is something I could get into on an, another episode at some point, but and how I think it should be reworked at least, but um, because that's where money should be coming from to help the people. Mm-hmm. But no, it's they're, they're making it come from our pockets. Yeah, another thing that I said in show prep that I, I'm really glad w- I could finally say again because it finally is relevant, mm-hmm. but the, the government is not meant to help you. No. The government is not meant to help you. If you're 
If you truly want to know who is meant to help the less fortunate in this country or the less fortunate in the world, period, it's the church. Mm -hmm. The church is literally meant for that reason, to help. That's why we tithe. Yeah. And it's a willing tithe. It's yeah. not taxation. Like, no. you know, people would like. It's not forceful taking. Yeah. And I know that people want to come after conservatives saying, well, why? Like, you hate taxation. Like, you think it's theft. So why would you give t five or ten percent of your income to tithing? Because that's my willful, you know, my, it's my choice. Because it's my body, my building. choice. Right. Right. <laughs> my because, wallet, my choice. Because it's kingdom building. It's, yeah. It's furthering uh, all of the good things that, that we as a Christian conservative community want to see done in our society. Yeah, and where do you where do you think that money that all these Christians and whatnot, how, where do you think it's going? It's going somewhere. It's going to mm -hmm. better people. It's going to help them. It's right. also going for mission work to spread the spread the gospel. Unlike um, a lot of money that was raised for a certain organization that claims to help minor a certain minority group, uh, <coughs> but Black Lives Matter. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure, yeah. Unlike that group <laughs> uh, that took all their money yeah. and gave it to Democratic uh, candidates, candidates yeah, uh, for their campaigns, campaign, you know. Yeah. yeah, so, like, if you really want to know who's going to help these people and who's helping the less fortunate, and not just in the United States, but in the world, point blank, period, it is the church. It mm -hmm. is, is you know, it's Jesus Christ church. That's what, you know, we are here to do. That's why we give to the church. That's why we tithe. It's not just because... Oh, well, I feel guilty. I'm going to give some money. No, mm -hmm. no, you give money yeah. because it's going somewhere. And it's not to renovate the lights and the ceilings of a church or, you know, do some renovations. It's going to help people. Right. So that's where you need to find your help. And I'm not trying to say, I'm not trying to convert everybody to Christianity right, right. now. That'd be great. Yeah. But, like, uh, I'm just saying, like, that's that's where your help comes from. Yeah. And the church. And that's where our hearts are. Yeah. The, the, the Democratic Party has proven time and time again that their hearts are not backing the church. And they're not they're they're advocating for secularism mm -hmm. by by keeping churches closed in Democratic run states. Gavin Newsom still has not opened their churches. Which is it's it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It's a violation of, of rights. It really is. Um, but, you know, the church gathers wherever uh Two or more are gathered in His name. That that's where the church really is. It's it's not doesn't have to be a physical, con uh, the physical confines of a building. So I, uh, I'm really hoping that this administration steps up, especially with a devout Catholic, quote unquote, uh, uh, running the administration. I, I hope that they step up and say like, hey, we need to like continue to, to fight for religious liberties the way that Donald Trump was. Yeah, because he really was. Exactly. He actually was. Um, we have one more thing on our list of, you know, policies or effects on policies here, and that is the um, relationship with communist countries, mm -hmm. such as China, Russia, and North Korea. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that. So, <laughs> so Trump was really hard on those guys. Yes. He was really tough with them. He started getting money back from China that they owed us. He uh, worked everything out with Russia, um, and, and things were tolerable with them for all four years of, of Donald mm -hmm. Trump's presidency. He stepped 20 feet uh, inside of the North, North Korea. Korean border, yep. which is the first time that that's ever happened. Ever. Um, it, it's it, that that's really says something. It's 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 truly amazing the amount of peacemaking that that Donald Trump went and did, especially in the Middle East too. Mm -hmm. But now we're seeing um, China. Uh, you know, they they've been um, putting Muslims into concentration camps, into correction camps for for uh, several months now. We're finally seeing government officials starting to step up and say like, hey, that's wrong. But China doesn't really care. They they know that they can get away with it because they they've been doing it ever since uh, Trump had lost the election, and they were like, okay, well he's going to be gone, which means that we can start doing this again. We can run things our way, and we can, uh, you know, uh, 
murder people for being Muslim. Yeah, and I fear I fear that the presence of the CCP in China is yeah. is responsible for many of these oh, atrocities. Most and and you know and there's a reason that we that there's a reason why so many people know about the CCP the yeah. the um, the Chinese Communist Party. Mm-hmm. Um, but like a lot of people just don't want to talk about that, and, no. and it's really sad because like look at what they've been doing to yeah. people that are unlike them. Like mm-hmm. they've put Muslims in correction camps. They've right. they've tried to convert them, and they've tried to um, you know, try to take away an identity that right. they find themselves. And and North Korea and uh, countries in the Middle East like Iran uh, and Iraq, they they're starting testing of, of uh, uh, weapons of mass destruction again. Yeah. Um. And and that's scary. I mean, we we I mean, we've always had the upper hand when it comes to these three countries specifically. But we should not ever be at ease when a country that has claimed to be anti-America. In, for the most is part, testing is testing of weapons of mass destruction yeah. and, and having you know missile firings just just for the f- the heck of it out yeah. in the desert. And I saw videos of that, and it, and it was troubling to me. Yeah, um, it was things that that Donald Trump would have put his foot down and said, "No, this isn't happening." Like we're he would have flown there himself and put his boots on the <laughs> ground yeah. and walked up there and said, "No," right. he would have done something about it. Yeah, and I pray, I pray uh, over all these policies that we've been talking about. I pray that whatever motive is behind them is done with grace, and I, I pray that, you know, um, in terms of backbone, mm-hmm. I pray that um, Kamala and and Biden, I said that backwards for some reason, but well, I Well, because care. that's really what it is. That's really it's Kamala-Biden administration, yeah, not sure. Biden-Harris. Yeah. You know, yeah. I pray that this administration can grow a backbone yeah, and, and not be, you know, all rainbows and butterflies all the time about everything and try to make, you know, everything so, like, obviously make things peaceful. Right. But, like, don't go with the assumption that it's all just going to work out right away. Right. Grow a backbone mm-hmm. and a thick skin, and let's see if you can do what Donald Trump did. Because he, speaking of he made a great foundation. Yes, he really did. Um, and, and speaking of backbone, real quick before we, because we're about out of time here, but I, I want to touch on, uh, you know, we, we've been talking about a lot of gloom and doom with a bunch of policy for Biden. Um, I want to talk about, real quick, uh, who we think would be a good fit to run in 2024. And I think that we're bo- we both thought this. I think DeSantis would be a great pick. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think that um, Donald Trump Jr., honestly, would be a yeah. really good pick. He, he'll talk about backbone. He's got a lot of it. Yeah, honestly, so those, those are my top two. So uh, if you have anyone else that you want to add in there. Yeah, uh, my, uh, my list is pretty... I'm I'm all for seeing a woman president mm-hmm. the right way, right? <laughs> and and so my list is, um, you know, my long time, well, not long time, really, my short time hero, Candace Owens. Oh yeah. If she ever stepped out of the commentator game mm-hmm. and actually got involved directly into politics, she would be great. Honestly, also as well, someone who has handled her job in the White House with such grace and mm-hmm. humility and professionalism that I could definitely see as a vice president or high up again in this country, mm-hmm. Kaylee McEnany. Mm-hmm. I would love to see her actually do something. Oh, yeah. And I think that the list can go on and on. I think that, you know, um, a lot of people would say... Christy Noem's a good pick. A lot of people might say Ted Cruz. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there are so many options. Our conservative movement... I Okay, I'm going to step outside the box here for like two seconds. I think even Tulsi Gabbard would be I a think great I candidate. Would, I would vote for her if she I was would. up against a weaker like if rhino. If she was up against a rhino Republican. Republican, yeah, I would definitely vote for Tulsi because, and here's why: people on the right love Tulsi. I really yeah. was. Oh, people yeah. love her, and the reason why because she speaks out against them. She speaks out against them, and she also she she's not a leftist. Mm-mm. She is a moderate. Very much so. And I've seen it, and I've seen it in the stimulus bills. She's definitely spoken out against some of the you know the atrocities that came along with. You know, all this extra stuff being added in, the fact mm-hmm. that it was too many pages to read, and we had oh, yeah. such short amount of time. She was like, This is not how justice works. No. This is not how this country should be ran. Yeah. Tulsi, 
I back you and keep up the good work. I Thank would actually you. vote if I was voting on, you know, against a rhino, like you mm -hmm. said, I would definitely vote for Tos oh, Tulsi yeah. Gabbard. Um, so let us know what you guys think on our Instagram, on our YouTube, on, and if you're listening on Spotify, please go follow our channels. Mm -hmm. And we're about to, Jonah, our tech guy, is about to start working on our Patreon and a lot of other uh, exciting things that we've been talking about that you've heard plenty about, I'm sure. And we will be visual here pretty soon as well, so tune in for that. Stay tuned. And uh, thank you guys so much for your support. We really appreciate it a lot. And this has been Jet Coatney. And Colin Maris. With Red, Red Receipts. Receipts. All right. That's a wrap. Woo!